And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Nadine Telashowski, who's had a lifetime with angels and during her near-death experience met the angel Azrael, which we're going to learn about today and more. Nadine, thank you for joining me and welcome. Thank you, Jeff. You've had a lifetime with angels. Let's start when this all began for you. All right. Um, so I've been having some spiritual experiences um, ever since I was quite young. So starting at age six, I actually would leave my body every time I was abused for a few years. But my soul grandmother would come scoop me up in her arms and everything would go blank. And then she would fly away with me. I don't know where. And then she would return me back to my body when it was ending. Um, then when I was 13 years old, I actually one day prayed to God and told him I would do anything to work with his angels. And if he ever needed anyone to do something for him, to please pick me. Angels then, became, uh, then began coming to me. And they would uh, meet me in dreams and take me out of dreams at night and go astral traveling with them. Um, at times with them, I was shown past lives. I was able to remember what it was like being uh, both male and female and being different nationalities and living in different countries, which was the wonderful part of seeing them. Although I was able to see um, some difficulties in my past lives as well. At, uh, in one of them, I was actually burned at the stake in a town square in 1599 after being accused of being a witch. And another one, I was a school teacher in Austria and um, I died from a bomb during a war. And in another one, I was actually in ancient Egypt, um, a male magic priest and uh, someone had poisoned me. So then when I was 15 years old, I had a vision uh, that they gave me uh, in the future of how destructive global warming would become one day, where the environment was going to be unlivable in some areas on coastlines due to some seas uh, rising greatly and due to it being far too hot and dry to live in other areas and natural disasters will become much more powerful and much more frequent. And many species will become extinct. And I especially saw a very major volcanic eruption that was going to happen in Indonesia, which would um, trigger tsunamis and that would cause extensive damage, especially in that area. Um, later on, when I was 18 years old, it's a bit of a long story, but I actually snuck into heaven one night, um, which didn't go so well for me because angels knew I was there right away. And they gave me this test uh, to see if I can pass it because I had gone there to try to gain some higher knowledge. 
and I was able to patch, pass the test. So they there showed me um, that even though there's well over 10,000 meanings of life, they were going to show me just five of them in order to pass along um, of how we can all see each other as one and strive towards world peace together. So I'll summarize um, their lessons that they gave me that day. They showed me that the first out of the five meanings is, of course, unconditional love. They showed me visions and showed me what it was like to mutually feel unconditional love towards someone and from someone at the same time. And my heart was bursting open with love and it felt so unbelievable. And I understood that completely loving and accepting everything about someone and never judging them, automatically forgiving them and just accepting them without any conditions was complete unconditional love. And if each of us were able to just see each other as if they were one of our beloved family members and best friends and mentors all wrapped into one, then we'd be able to just accept everyone as they were and love each other more. The second meaning um, of life that they showed me is reincarnation. I saw a vision from above the earth of every person in humanity transitioning back and forth, um, living down here in a body for a while, then going back up there and living in um, the light realm as our true light being selves for a while. Then they would return down into the world into a different body. And just like in my past lives, I'd been both genders and different nationalities and lived in different countries. I saw everyone doing this over time. I was shown that we reincarnate partially to learn because Earth is a giant school. It's impossible to learn all the lessons in one lifetime. So we return for hundreds of lifetimes to learn all of the lessons. Uh, we also reincarnate for fairness because just looking at um, one possible lifetime for someone, if someone is, for example, born in extreme poverty and hunger and illness, or if someone um, passes away at a very young age, um, it seems unfair um, compared to others who might live a long, healthy life. So if all of us, though, go through hundreds of different lifetimes and all different possibilities, then we can all look back and see that it's all fair for everyone. We also reincarnate because the more lives we go through as different nationalities and life situations, the more we'll have an intrinsic remembering in the cores of our souls of what it's like to be in another person's shoes. So we'll harness compassion and understanding for each other. The third and fourth meanings that they showed me are intertwined, being that um, everything down here is an illusion. Even any differences between us are illusions and that judgment is irrelevant. 
Um, so our bodies are just costumes, which we wear for just one lifetime only. So they're simply illusions. What we see is simply variations of costumes or variations of different life situations, which somebody has chosen um, for just one lifetime. Um, but our true selves are the light beings underneath. So if anyone is ever judging anyone else on their costume or life situation, then judging is irrelevant because we're judging each other on an illusion. I was shown that in history, when people see others as definitively different than them, it's led to categorizing and labeling differences in nationalities and genders and languages, religions, which sometimes has led people to judging certain groups as less than and inferior to their own supposedly superior group, which at times that has resulted in wars or slavery or genocides. But in between lives, we're all like beings up in heaven where there are no genders or nationalities and we all believe in the same one God and we all share the same land. We don't judge each other. And there we understand that we're all equal and we're all one. So when we're down here in our costumes, I was shown if we can learn to close our human eyes and see with our soul eyes that we're all equal and one and made out of God's love, then we'll all want to come together as one people and strive towards world peace instead of continuing to fight wars over illusions. The fifth meaning of life that they showed me is that everything matters. In my NDE life review, I relived relived my entire life from not only my own perspective, but from every other person's as well, understanding how extensively we're all intertwined and affect each other through our words and actions, feelings. Even our resonances affect each other and then ripple out into society. And our minds are so powerful and everything we envision is real. So we even affect each other indirectly when we feel compassion towards others or um, envision sending them light or hugging them or forgiving them and sending that out into the universe. It all matters because all that kindness is instantly received by the person ethereally and it's adding to the love of the universe. God had told me everything one does and says of the light matters. It adds to the light and can never be erased. I understood that those five meanings of life were meant to be understood in tandem. So we can each see each other as equal and one and try to strive towards world peace together. Earlier, you mentioned that you were with your soul grandmother. Was that like some ancestral relative or just somebody in the astral world that you kind of considered a grandmother? So as far as I understand, we each are part of, um, we each have soul families up there, as far as I understand. So we each have a large 
sole family. So we'll have um, parents, grandparents, um, maybe kids, siblings, uh, I'm not sure. And sometimes people are uh, reincarnated, reincarnated in a lifetime with some of their sole um, family members. Sometimes they're not, it really depends. But um, from what I was explained from my angels later on, it was my sole grandmother that came and um, would take me away during those times. Um, and I don't know too much about her. I only met her once very briefly um, when I, I went through a distressing um, experience. She, she came to me once in my apartment. She gave me a hug. And um, she sat with me on the floor next to my bed to help me fall asleep. And so it was a beautiful moment with her, but I, I never actually saw her again. So I, I, don't, I don't know much else about her. When you say soul families, could you interchange that with soul groups? Possibly. I, this is only something I, I know so much about, so I, I, I don't know. Let's move on to the next event that happened in your life. Sure. Uh, so the next event was my NDE when I was 24 years old. Um, in 2004, I was 24 years old. And a man drugged my drink, which resulted in me having an overdose and massive heart attack from it. But I had five premonitions beforehand. So I'll tell you about those. Uh, six months before my NDE, I started becoming scared of things. I was eating or drinking more and more, and I couldn't understand why. Three months before my NDE, I had a dream that I was with my best friend at the time, and we were standing in an unknown location. I was holding a mixed drink. I passed out, had a heart attack, and died. And I thought, that was a very realistic, vivid dream but I've never had any heart problems before. So I rationalized it, that it was only a dream and uh, forgot about it. Uh, one week before my NDE, I received an invitation to go to a New Year's Eve party. And I had a feeling as soon as I got it, that something was going to happen to me there, but I didn't know what. Then the night before the party, I had two dreams of significance. In one, um, I dreamt of a man who was in his late 20s, tall, thin, Caucasian, short blonde hair. We were chatting and laughing. The next day, on my way to the party, I told my friend about my dream. And shortly after we arrive, a man enters who looks just like that and starts talking to me. So my friend kept elbowing me and joking all night, hey, Nadine, you met the guy of your dreams which definitely didn't happen at all. And the last dream I had the night before the party was actually another astral travel. Angels grabbed my hand and flew me very quickly across the universe into a building to show me what my job was going to be um, in heaven in the afterlife. I was going to be a guide for a few people who were still living on earth at the time. So, that showed me that even in the afterlife, the older souls help guide the younger souls along their journey, which I 
feel is a very fair and amazing process that all of us end up taking care of each other. So even though I had all those premonitions that something was going to happen that day, I also had another very strong feeling like I somehow needed to go, so I did. <clears throat> so in 2004, my best friend and I went to a New Year's Eve party at the house of a coworker who I barely knew. I was there for two hours and only sipped on two mixed alcoholic drinks, so I wasn't drunk at all. Most of the time, my drink was in one room and I was in other rooms chatting or dancing. And unknowingly to me, someone had drugged my drink. I ended up feeling really high at one point. I collapsed and then became paralyzed. I realized what must have happened and I told my best friend. I was scared at that point and I remember calling out in my head, God, please help me, right before I completely passed out. Um, from my best friend's recount at that point, Three men had come up to her and said, oh, she must just be drunk. We'll just pick her up and put her in a bedroom upstairs to let her sleep it off. My friend refused to allow anyone to touch me. Uh, soon after, she said I started vomiting black, which was blood in my system, and she called 911. I woke up in a hospital six hours later, feeling absolutely horrible and disoriented, and the doctor was looking at me funny and told me I had a drug overdose and was having a massive heart attack on the way into the hospital. They weren't sure if I was going to make it at that point. Uh, the doctors and nurses didn't treat me nicely and they didn't seem to listen to me of what happened. I think they thought that I was a drug addict even though I've never used drugs before. So as soon as I was barely able to get out of my bed and just hold on to a wall to get to a washroom, they discharged me and gave me a prescription for potassium to regulate my heart. So I went home, but I lived by myself and I was feeling so horrible and I never got to go to a pharmacy. So in the evening, I felt so disoriented. I had severe chills. I was so weak and my heart was beating so erratically, very fast and then very slow back and forth. And then I felt it stop and I popped out of my body and I felt weightless and liberated and a complete lack of time. I was thrilled to have left my body and I wanted nothing to do with it. And I no longer felt sick or in pain at all. I felt amazing. And after being out of my body so many times before in my youth, I knew exactly what to do. I flew straight up higher and faster. Then everything went black just for a couple of seconds, but it wasn't scary at all. And I felt so comforted by it. And then it lifted. And when it did, I was over this beautiful valley with mountains and fields and everything was just so vivid and vibrant um, and so unbelievable. Then suddenly flying right beside me was a giant hundreds of feet tall enormous being 
with huge wings. He was made out of pitch black smoke, although he was still a light angel underneath. And I can see the most beautiful bright white light just beaming out of his eyes and nose and ears and mouth. And I understood he was the angel of death, Azrael, but he's not a dark being at all. He's to me more the angel of solace because I've never felt such peace and safety in front of him. And I was so thankful for him. I realized when everything had gone black for a few seconds, what happened was he had scooped me up in his giant wing to make sure that I had gotten to the place that I was supposed to get to. So I thanked him for everything. And he told me telepathically, we are pleased for you to be back home. And he flew to the side of a mountaintop and I saw him intently scanning and overseeing everybody who was transitioning over. Then <clears throat> close by, there was suddenly the brightest white light from above. And I went into it and it encompassed me with unconditional love. And the light was an energy as well and it was vibrating. And I was moving straight up towards its path. And I was felt so overpowered with unconditional love. And I was so overjoyed to just be going back to the source that I knew was coming from God. And I felt so wonderful to just be back home finally. And then a light angel appeared in front of me that looked like a hologram human-like being, genderless, in a white robe and gold sash, but also had a white light bodily form underneath that I could see. And they telepathically greeted me and let me know to follow them. And that was that I was soon gonna go up to heaven. Everything is telepathic in that realm, which feels completely normal and effortless when you're out of your body. The angel said, look, and pointed to the side. And there I had my life review. I relived my entire life over again in a matter of moments. But this time, it was not only from my own perspective, but also from every single other person's perspective that I have ever interacted with. And I saw and felt the consequences on everyone around me and on myself of every word, action, and decision I ever made, giving me profound insight on seeing just how everything we do and say affects each other, which then ripples out from there into society. I wasn't judged for anything. Everything was simply fully accepted and just was. Although I understood that the only thing that really matters in our lives is how kind we are to each other as those moments stood out. I've lived almost a hundred lives before this one. And I could see those previous lives attached below the one I saw in a giant cyclone of energy going down. Um, however, since I've previously seen some of my past lives, I chose not to review uh, those as well. So um, at that point, uh, I continued following the angel up into the light. And there was absolutely nothing I wanted more than to be going into that light and to continue feeling unconditionally loved and at peace. 
But then I turned to my right and looked down because I got distracted by something and I saw in panoramic view the high-speed videos in a way of the futures of everyone I knew along with other people I've never met. And some of the things I saw were positive, but some were very sad or traumatic. And my heart ached for the sad things I saw. It made me stop in my tracks. The angel stopped as well and was patient and was just waiting for me um, to process it and move on. But instead I asked, would all of these negative events have still happened if I hadn't have died right now? The angel said, what you see is simply the future that is currently set to be, yet any possible change could conceivably change what is yet to come. So I asked, is it possible at all for me to go back and attempt to stop some of these negative events from taking place? The angel paused and slowly said, we must warn you, there is a possibility you may not succeed in stopping any negative event or even change anything for their betterment, but we will leave the decision up to you if you want to return to earth or not. I told the angel, even knowing I may not be able to stop anything at all, I at least have to try. The angel seemed a little concerned <laughs> as I understood this was originally supposed to be my ideal exit point to transition on, especially since I'd already been shown what my job as a guide would be in the afterlife. And I had also previously been shown what my next life was supposed to be. I was supposed to reincarnate into um, a female living in Spain. So I would be changing that whole timeline for myself if I returned. But since I have complete free will, I chose to go back. So the angel slowly nodded and with a wave of their arm, released me from the light. And I fell so hard and fast and crashed into my body, into feeling sickness and pain and horrible once again. And I no longer saw the angel, but I still distinctly heard their voice clearly say, your mother is about to phone you. You must turn over and answer your phone if you're going to survive. Moments later, my phone started ringing and it took all my energy just to slowly turn over in bed and answer it. It was my mother. And she said she just heard that I had been in the hospital and asked if there was anything I needed. And I simply said, yes, I have a prescription I need and I don't feel well enough to get it. She said she'd be right over and ended up bringing me my prescription for potassium and it regulated my heart. After a return to my body, I remembered everything about my NDE except for any specifics of what was going to happen in the future to anyone, which was the sole reason I chose to return to earth. And without that, I no longer knew how to help people and I no longer felt I had a purpose so I dealt as well with many health issues and some after effects, and I completely regretted returning at that point. Um, I also tried telling some people about my NDE. Unfortunately, was often disbelieved, judged, thought to be crazy, or that I simply had a dream. So 
I fell into a depression at that point and I had no support or resources for NDEs. I didn't really know about them back then. And I decided at that point I needed to shut down my spirituality simply so that I could be accepted by society. And um, I did shut that down for 16 years. Since you had these premonitions of your NDE before it happened, do you think your NDE was pre-planned, pre-birth? I think so, um, because um, at least for me, that was supposed to be my time. I understood um, the few things I came down to life for. I had, um, I guess, mostly completed by by that age. So it um, it was originally my intention to come down to pass away at age twenty four. Um, however, even though um, I've learned that, that there's one more ideal exit point, they call it, to be able to transition on, because we have complete free will, there are other exit points as well. So there are times someone can differ from what they more had planned when they, when they came down. Like in my case, I completely changed it and I'm still around all these years later. You mentioned that you saw the future for other people during your NDE. Have you seen any of those futures come to pass since you've been back? Well, that was the one thing that they erased from my memory of the NDE, um, which was very difficult for me to um, contend with since that was the reason I came back. Uh, however, as time went along in life after I came back, there were times that I would be somewhere or meet someone and I would have this feeling of deja vu where I knew I was either supposed to be there or experience something or meet someone. So I believe those are times where those are certain things that I had seen in the future originally and they had erased, but then I had a knowing um, that they were coming to pass. So there are times I have had smaller premonitions as well of things that uh, would happen to others. Uh, often they would happen. Um, so maybe that was part of my memory coming back at times from what they originally showed me. Do you still regret returning? In the past two years, I can finally say I, uh, after having um giant spiritual reawakening and finally reconnecting with that spiritual part of myself, I have finally been able to come to terms with that. And now I no longer regret it, but I, I did for a long time. It took me a long time to um, forgive and let go of the fact that I um, had come back just because of those visions and they were, they were erased and I, I felt lost. Um, but I look back and realize that, that, you know, it had been my decision to shut down my spirituality for, for 16 long years afterwards. Um, but the past two years to finally have opened that up and feel like I'm finally um, living my more true self, um, of what I was here more to experience. So I've been able to integrate that more. And now, uh, even though I've gone through a lot of hard lessons in life, um, I've learned to take them as learning experiences and try to help others in various ways. And um, yes, I think I'm 
I think, and I'm hoping that I'm on a much better path now. Has the memory of this faded at all over the years? No, no. It still feels like um, it still feels like it just happened. It for me, and how again I I tend to understand it is in my NDE, I wasn't experiencing it from the personality of Nadine that I am in this in this body. I experienced it as my higher self, as my real soul self. And when we experience something outside the body as our soul self, it gets, I don't know what the right terminology would be, but it would be more imprinted on us because our soul self experiences something that's, it's different than just having a, a human memory, which can be faulty and go down over time there. It's just, it's automatic. It happens. You remember it, it imprints on us. So some of my more profound spiritual experiences later in life, um, or even the ones I had um, when I was younger, even when I snuck into heaven and they were showing me those messages, if I even think of it and speak about them, um, like when I was speaking about my ND, it's as if I was there again and reliving it and it's, they're imprinted. Um, but it's different when I experience things, when I'm in my body, um, I have to go along with my um, human memory, which, you know, may change or be faulty over time. When you look back on your NDE, what inspires you about it? Just the elements of um, just being, having been completely 100% accepted and loved completely unconditionally there. And having nothing to worry about. There's no fear. There's no sickness. There's no death. There's no ending. There's no worries. There was nothing that was all gone. It was just pure energy, pure light, pure love, pure acceptance of everything, everyone, everything, myself. And to have felt that liberated and free and loved and accepted is just something that the words don't he down here um we don't have words down here for so many things that i've experienced up there so i think that's another reason why it's so difficult for people to describe them you mentioned that you kind of shut it down for 16 years and then what happened that made you spiritual again? All right. Well, I had a very profound spiritual reawakening. So I um, I could tell you that story now if uh, you're ready for it. Sure. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so in February of 2021, I was struggling in life and I felt lost. And I suddenly set out into the universe. Angels. I haven't seen you since I was a teen, but I would love to have you come back. And I'm ready to open up to my spirituality once again. And I also need a purpose. Maybe what is one of Angel's biggest problems that a human like me might be able to help you with? If you tell me, I'll help you. Little did I know that worked. <laughs> a few weeks later, I decided I was going to write out my full NDE story for the first time. However, I attempted for almost a week straight of continually writing and rewriting that story, and it never seemed right. 
And I realized I was trying to use the very limited human words that is meant for this material realm to describe experiences that happen in a weightless, timeless, telepathic realm. So the words just weren't matching up at all. So I was so frustrated by this. <laughs> I suddenly said out into the universe, that's it. I need the angel of death and any other angel who's free to come help me write this because I'm writing about you guys and your realm. So you guys should have the words to be able to describe it. So please and thank you, come sit down here with me. And at my kitchen table, <laughs> I went and I pulled out a chair on one side of me and a chair on the other. And I said, okay, one of you guys sit there and the other one sit there. We're gonna do this together. So in a way I was just, you know, kind of joking around doing this, but this is what I did. And I proceeded to keep writing. And I didn't see anything, but it suddenly felt like there were presences with me and I started to feel all these weird energies go through me. After half an hour, I suddenly look out my window and I was shocked. The news hadn't forecasted any snow or anything that evening. And the weather had gone from completely calm and clear to suddenly turning into a giant blizzard out of nowhere. And later on, I saw flashes of lightning within it. And I have never seen that before and didn't even know if that was possible until I found out the next day from looking at the news that, yeah, that did happen. It is possible. It's apparently called thunder snow, <laughs> having a lightning storm inside of a snowstorm. Um, at that point, I suddenly realized in my head, I'm being so rude. I asked angels to come sit down with me at my kitchen table. I never even asked them their names. So I then somehow instinctively remembered something that I thought of right after my NDE, that you have to bring yourself down very low, below the level that angels speak at to be able to hear them. So I remembered that and I took some deep breaths and I concentrated on my breathing and heart rate and I felt myself pulling them down until I felt still. And then I looked at one of the chairs where a face would be if somebody was sitting there and I said, Angel, please tell me your name. And I waited. And after about five seconds, I heard this voice whisper, Royat. And I was surprised, but I said, okay, that's a nice name. I'm gonna Google what it means. Then the voice whispered, no, that's your name. And I said, what? I asked you what your name is. What do you mean that's my name? Silence. So I Googled the name and as soon as I read what it means, I burst out crying because I read that it's derived from ancient Sanskrit and it means the color red. And the thing is my favorite color, it's always been red and I've been dyeing my hair red 
for decades, and my nickname by many people is Red. So I am Red. That's me. So the angel was telling me what my real soul name was. So then I turned to the other empty chair and I said, what's your name? And I heard a different whisper say, Azrael. And when I Googled that name, it happens to be what uh, in both Judaism and in Islam, they refer to and call the angel of death. So there's no way that those two names could have been a coincidence. And that's how I learned that I can now speak directly to angels. And my story gets stranger still. I later on in the news read some articles and discovered that that same day at 4 a.m. there was a power failure in my city a little northwest of me. And at 6.15 a.m. there was this um, beautiful blue turquoise um, meteor that went flying over my city that lots of people have a video of. And it also landed further northwest of my city and my province. Then at uh, 8 p.m., I called down Azrael. And at about 8.30, that thunder snowstorm started. Now, my angels later told me that all four of those things were not only related, they occurred because I had called down the angel of death to sit with me at my kitchen table. And I said, I don't understand at all. I understand how you're saying that the storm could have been a consequence of me call, uh, calling down Azrael because it happened after I called him down. But how are two events that happened up to 16 hours prior to me calling him down be related? Angel said, that's just the time differential. I said, the what? They said, the time differential, the power failure, the meteor, calling down Azrael and the storm from a human perspective all happened separately. He said, from our perspective, they all happened in tandem. That is one of the many ways angels have shown me that time only exists when we're inside of our bodies. A week later, I woke up and I felt extremely light and tall for some reason. And soon after, when I went to just go bring myself down to speak to angels, when I closed my eyes, I discovered I'm in this cloud realm and there was four light beings there which I called over. And for some reason, all four light beings decided to speak to me about a different subject all at the same time. And I was so overwhelmed, I was about to leave. And right before I did, my grandfather, who had passed away a decade earlier, suddenly showed up and grabbed my hand and placed one small piece of silver light into it, right as I came out of my astral travel. And I didn't know what to do with it. So I put that piece of light into my heart for safekeeping. And I'm happy to say that I've spoken to my grandfather a few times since. And that is how I discovered I could now astral travel when I wanted to. So that was my spiritual reawakening. Are you still communicating with your grandfather today? 
it's only every once in a while that I have. Um, it, it's not um, all the time. Um, so it, it's only been the past two years, but yes, maybe four or five times I've spoken to him. So that was, um, that was wonderful to be able to do. And he's doing well, of course, but of course he's up in heaven. So when you're astral traveling and you see other humans up there, do they have basically kind of like silhouette bodies we like here? And if so, are they filled with light and they're super bright? Like they could almost be confused as angels. That's a very good question. When the first time I saw my grandfather, yes, the all the light, um, all the beings there were just light beings. So they did look very similar. And I'm trying to think there are a few times I've seen some passed over um, souls and they were just light souls as well. So they are similar. Um, a lot of times, the more time you are on the astral realm, um, how do I explain this? When when I'm in the ashram, the longer you're there, the more you can get more information and sense different things. So a lot of times I can tell who I'm seeing um, because of, of, of how it feels and what, what you're just intuiting. That's the best I can explain because up there, there's everything's telepathic. Everything is more, um, you, ex you experience everything in all different, senses at the same time so you, you more just intuit and know knowledge so you can more just tell and intuit who is who but um again the longer you're there the more that can kind of come out in terms of knowledge i'm not sure if i <laughs> explaining this um properly how often are you astral traveling when i first had my reawakening i would go quite often, um, a few times every week. There are times up and down that it's um, it's gone up and down. And the best I can explain is I can't always astral travel. Um, there are times I can, there's times I, I more can't. Um, and um, I've learned um, in one way, especially after I learned uh, energy healing that I've constantly had to do work on myself and um, more learn to keep vibrations up in different ways because if there's times that uh, I'm more down for a while with anxiety, for example, or, or whatever else, it uh, the best way I explain it is it, it kind of more makes us heavier and then it's difficult to more leave the body, if that makes sense, so that the higher frequency we're at for a while, the more um, lighter we are and the easier it is uh, to astral travel. So I used to go quite often. Now I go sometimes and, and it depends, it goes up and down. Um, but it's it's always, um, it's always so freeing out of the body and I have no sense of time there. I would always have to set an alarm um, to come out of it because I have no concept of how long I'm there when I'm there. And when I first used to go, I could be there for three hours and I'd have no idea. 
I think I'd be there for 20 minutes. Since your spiritual awakening, have you had any other spiritually transformative experiences? Oh, yes. A lot. <laughs> a lot of them. I kind of joke with people that I have an ongoing um, NDE experience or an ongoing SDE experience. Um, but yes, I have. Um, and uh, whatever else you might have time that you want me to hear, I'll, sure. I, I have some others as well. Um, um, I will, sure, if you, if you I, want me to get into my um, NDE-like experience now, yeah. I could definitely do that. Yeah, that would be great. Sure. My NDE-like experience happened in October of 2021. And I had laid down originally just intending to go astro traveling. <clears throat> but this time, I very quickly went far down into the hypnagogic state. And it suddenly felt like I was in an old real movie and had these reverberations and flashing flashes continuously going through me. I was suddenly um, astral traveling in the astral realm and God showed up as a giant blue butterfly. I was so excited to see him. I transformed myself into a small red butterfly and I followed him and we just started flying around the universe together. And it was amazing. And I was just having so much fun <laughs> flying around with God. And after a few minutes, God stopped and telepathically said, get on my back. And he opened his wings flat. And I said, okay, as long as that's not going to hurt you. And he said, no. So I gently crawled onto his wings and said, okay, I'm ready. <clears throat> Instantly, we transported to another realm. And I was now standing back in my more human form. And he was in the form of just a giant basic light being form where a face would be situated for him. It was constantly quickly shifting into faces of people, animals, nature, cosmos, shapes, mandalas, numbers, and other things I couldn't even recognize. I understood that these were all the many faces of God. I had another life review, but this time I simply watched it on a giant panoramic screen. And this time God took out all negative interactions and only showed me every moment where I was kind or helpful to others throughout my life. By the time it got to the end, I was so shocked and emotional because I felt at the time that that was inaccurate and that I didn't deserve seeing this. And I told God, that wasn't my life. I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes and I've hurt people's feelings before. Where are all those? Put them back in. God said, that is of no concern to me. I want you to see how kind you are. Look at how your kindness has affected others. So I watched the effects of my actions on the screen. And um, then I saw myself on the screen alone, except for some kind of plaque that was behind me. And it had three rows of butterflies on it, which I understood I somehow achieved in some way from some prior lifetimes, I think. Um, but there were 
empty, uh, there was empty room on the plaque to potentially achieve more butterflies. Then I watched myself on the screen smiling and laughing as a giant swarm of mini butterflies came flying straight up out of the top of my head and flew around, spread out everywhere. And God told me, see, you were always meant to be a butterfly one day. And I was so overwhelmed, I started crying because I felt unworthy of all of it to be there with God and him telling me this. So God saw that I couldn't process it in the moment. So he did the sweetest thing that any caring parent could have done for someone. God switched us back into butterflies and I was flying, following him this time in the higher realm of heaven it looked like and it was a tropical rainforest and all the colors and smells and energies were just so vibrant and i followed god to this beautiful waterfall and there was this rainbow coming right down the front of it and we took turns going into the rainbow and flying up and down flopping around in it and the rainbow was made out of pure unconditional love. And it was just complete bliss to be in and it encompassed me. And it filled me with so much love. And I was so thankful to God for allowing me to experience this. Then God wanted me to follow him to behind the waterfall and we went and there was this rough cutout in the rocks and God landed at the entrance. So I did the same. And I saw that there were many other very large butterflies inside and they each had these intricate designs on their wings. Um, and they were all so beautiful. And to me, it looked like a secret butterfly clubhouse back there. And I was later explained that these were all ascended masters in butterfly forms. God told me, go to them. I felt really nervous and I decided to fly and land near the back bottom wall where it looked like I'd have enough space to not disturb any of them. But when I landed, just the tip of one of my wings brushed the tip of another butterfly that had mostly dark purple wings. Then that butterfly and myself both transported to another place. I transformed back into my human looking self and he turned into Ganesh, <laughs> who's a Hindu God with the head of an elephant. And I felt excited and honored to be in his presence. And Ganesh first taught me a lesson about how important it is to have different types of relationships in life. And I think he did that because I had been living a quite secluded uh, life for years. And then he showed me a vision showing me how imperative it is for older souls um, like myself to teach younger souls and try to help guide them along the way in terms of spiritual truths and lessons in life. Um, then everything dissolved away after I thanked Ganesh for the lessons. And I came out of my um, ND-like experience and my ash to travel.
And um, I had understood that after I learned my lessons from that first ascended master at some point, I'd be able to return to the butterfly clubhouse and learn a lesson from another ascended master. And um, I, uh, last note on this. So even though um, for myself, I grew up Catholic and I then chose to be just spiritual at age 20. Um, so I never knew Ganesh before in this lifetime, but I think I met him because um, out of the almost hundred lifetimes I've had, I'm only up to knowing about 15 of them. But in one of my very first lifetimes, I saw myself as a male farmer in India. So I believe I was Hindu in one of my first past lives. And that's one of the reasons that I met him. Do you think there's an end to reincarnation? Yes, I do. Um, one of the many um, lessons that um, angels have shown me and, and spoken to me about is we're all here to, well, we're here for many reasons. As they said, there's more than 10,000 meanings of life. So not the only reason, but uh, one of them is we're all here to progress our, our souls, um, learning all different lessons um, and uh, progressing to a higher soul level. And eventually when we do reach a certain level, it's a choice that um, we make to stop reincarnating and stop um, the cycle as far as I understand um, but everything is through free will so we aren't um, forced into it it's more something that we we do agree to to do and be part of this process and and continually learn and progress ourselves Nadine after watching this podcast people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions are you open to that yes I am. What's the best way to contact you? I uh, will give you both my um, website and um, email address, if that's okay. Sure. Okay. Um, so my email address is Nadine, N-A-D-I-N-E, at lovelightenergyhealing.ca. And my... Uh, website is um, lovelightenergyhealing.ca. What other interactions with angels have you had? All right. So I've uh, had almost constant interactions <laughs> with angels in the past two years. There's so many lessons they showed me. And one thing was at one point I, I asked them if they can help me heal my trauma from the past. Um, and help me energy heal. So one thing they did is they helped me to release uh, my trauma in this process in the astral realm. And I was able to detach energetically from its effects on me. And it healed my PTSD. And when I asked them to help me to energy heal, they said, if you want to be healed, heal yourself. And I asked how, and they told me practice be completely open to it and believe you deserve to be healed. And after I did 
all different forms of working on myself, I was able to um, cure many of my health issues. I had an autoimmune, autoimmune disorder called Hashimoto's that I was able to get rid of with energy healing, um, as well as migraines, as well as um, a tooth that I originally needed an implant on and I fixed it and no longer needed it. And since I learned to um, energy heal, I since then um, opened up my own uh, business to energy heal others and to also do spiritual coaching since I've had so many spiritual experiences. And the last thing is um, with angels, they told me that um, everyone has their own light collective, uh, their own group of angels that's just for them, that is there to help them along the way and path and protect them and help them with whatever they planned uh, to do in their life. And they showed me various ways that people can communicate with their angels. So um, I actually have um, a page on my website, if anyone's interested, of all various forms that people can communicate with their angels. Uh, they also showed me a process on the light realm of how to open up someone's third eye and make a light connection to help open up more direct communication between someone and their angels. So only in case anyone is interested, um, please contact me and I could tell you more um, information about that. Nadine, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? One thing, one of the many things that I've come to understand from angels and my experiences is that we are all actual pieces of God, pieces of unconditional love and light, all connected to each other, ethereally and infinitely. And we are all co-creating this whole universe together. And we are infinitely more powerful than any of us can ever realize when we're down in our bodies. But there's nothing to be afraid of because we are actual beings just of pure love. So there's nothing to fear and there's no death. And one day we'll all be back together and connected to each other in the ethereal realm. And I wanted everyone to know that. Nadine, thank you for that message and thank you for being my guest. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.